Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to create your best life and be your most authentic self. I am your host, Dr. Eve, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me at this time. If this is your first time tuning in, I want to say thank you for checking out the show, and I certainly hope you'll come back for more. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I have the pleasure of being here today with the one and only Jarrell Johnson, who is higher education scholar and administrator and PhD student. You just do it all. What's up, Jarrell? Long time no chat. Hey, hey, I'm excited. Glad to be on the show. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Oh, gosh, I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. Like, I'm really grateful for that. So how's everything in your world? It is going, okay? <laughs> we are at the, the, the last stretch of the, the second semester. Uh, I am just slaving away, but happily slaving away at this PhD and trying to be on my best scholarly behavior. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that may mean, right? Whatever that, yes, whatever that means. <laughs> so I guess you're doing that in between having two podcasts. Come on now, the spiritual hipster and breaking okay. boundaries. I mean, when do you find time to, to be an academic? Like, really? <laughs> I am a night owl, and I think you know this, Eve. We text each other late at night. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am truly a night owl. So I, you know, I find the time when I can. And I think that for me, uh, podcasting is just like a, because I don't, I live in an area that's not like, really you know it's not lively as maybe atlanta or charlotte right okay Um, (laughs) but i i this is like my outlet this is how i party um it's through the through the podcasting experiences that i do so yeah (laughs) so i'm so i i kind of like touched on a few things you know i caught you the scholar and and administrator and all that do us a favor tell us about yourself who is jarell johnson who are you? What do you do? What is your story? Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> I, no I trick like question. Off, right. <laughs> I like to start off just basically saying that I'm just, uh, I, I always tell people, it's kind of how I've just been introducing myself lately, is that I'm, I'm a spiritual hipster. And what that means for me is that I'm very spiritual. And I think it's something that we had talked about earlier, but I enjoy all types of, like, all facets of life. So I pretty much am, you know, you, yeah, I can get on here and talk about spirituality, but I can also talk to you about that latest Cardi B record. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So like, and I, and I'm just this person that I feel like I am able to kind of just be genuine and open and available to people and to just share my, my life and my experiences and to really just be authentic and genuine with people. That's my, that's my gist of how I kind of see myself. But outside of that, uh, I am a critical thinker. I'm always mm. thinking about something. <laughs> always thinking about something. Um, I also enjoy reading. I enjoy challenging ideas and concepts and things like that nature. I enjoy traveling. I love music. Music is one of my major, major passions. And I am just a person that at the end of the day, I just want to see other people around me happy. I want to see myself happy and whole. And that's that's where I'm at in life. Mm, I think that's really cool. So what is your story tell us your story 
Yeah, so I grew up partly in New York, this upstate New York, and that's actually <laughs> the real capital of New York. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that with you, okay? Because I said that about Charlotte, North Carolina, but okay. <laughs> it's the real capital, but we're going to keep it moving. But yeah, I moved to Atlanta when I was eight, so Atlanta's really been home for me. And as I can say, Atlanta, a lot of people will say, you're not really from Atlanta. I'm really from outside of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> But I claim the eight everywhere I go, even here in Iowa. So <laughs> uh, that is home for me. Man, okay, so I'll tell this part of the story because it'll help me connect everything else. I was a student in the public base trying to make it, and I was not making it. So at third grade, I was told by my teacher that I would never learn how to read and write. Um, and that I was stupid. Yeah, yeah, that was that was an experience that I had. Um, and it, unfortunately, it wasn't from a white teacher. It was from a, a teacher who looked like me. And and that was painful. But in the eighth grade, I kind of had this awakening moment. I had a teacher who, oddly enough, shared the same last name as me, Mr. Johnson, who essentially put this kind of fire in me. He basically said, you can do this stuff. Like, you can be a reader, you can be a writer, and you're going to do it. <laughs> and, and I did. And I, that was my first year in the eighth grade that I had made the dean's list wow. um, and yeah so that was a that was a huge accomplishment for me but that was that awakening moment where I kind of just saw myself as this intellectual person and that carried my throughout my life and I went to Shaw University decided that I wanted to uh, shout out to Shaw uh, <laughs> wanted to okay. yeah yeah I'm sorry I just had to uh, put it in there okay <laughs> I'm sorry I messed up your interview okay I'm sorry okay just you can't no, say no, Shaw and not. I just made me to get hyped like really what do right, you do right <laughs> but essentially I decided to come to Shaw to pursue uh, a degree in English ed and I wanted to teach. That was my passion. Still is my passion just in another way. And I, I got distracted, I would say, in my last year. And I think it was a, a divine <laughs> distraction because, or interruption, because uh, I, I just I just had this disconnect with public ed space. And so I took a little minute, decided that I wanted to go and just, you know, figure out life. Um, um, after graduation and so I did that and landed in higher ed. I started working at Emory University and then I did, took a, a, a opportunity to go on and pursue um, this kind of act like this program that was trying to get people who did not have masters in higher ed or student affairs into that space to kind of see what this works looks like on a day-to-day -day basis I visited another college Morehouse College fell in love with the opera like the just the day-to-day -day experience that the administrator that I spent time with and just said okay I'm going to pursue a degree and higher ed and the rest has been history I've kind of charted my way. I've worked at Cornell. I was an assistant dean in the uh, College of Arts and Sciences and uh, came back down and did a brief stint at Morehouse College. And then now I'm at Iowa State University and pursuing a PhD. <laughs> oh, so wow. from being told that I would never be learn, never learn how to read and write to now being a PhD student, there's nothing <laughs> that you can't do. Nothing. I mean, clearly so. And, and I believe, actually, I, I know that you are a first generation college graduate. Yes, I am. I so am. So you have the, so so you went from the small historically black college in downtown Raleigh to some of the bigger yes. name institutions such as Emory, private at that Emory, Cornell, <laughs> and Morehouse, brother. Yeah. Stunting yeah. on them. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening, 
<laughs> and and want to believe in the impossible there's your example like come on now because let's just be for real yeah. as first generation yeah. college graduates outside of the realm of school and, and those you know protective walls of higher education when we get into the real world you either sink or you swim but yes. to not yeah. always have those people around you after you graduate yeah. to push you forward but to still be able to find your way like really tell us how did you find your way after college because you had a motivation mm-hmm. but Mm-hmm. Again, Emory, Morehouse, and Cornell, like, I'm impressed. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm higher ed, so I'm, I'm impressed. Like, I've always admired that. <laughs> you know, it's I can't always take all the credit for it because I it's something that I, I often told my students when I was working in the field of uh, higher education. I, I, told, I tell them all the time that you definitely need uh, a village, a board of directors. You need people in your life that will point and say, hey, go in this direction. Hey, that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Emory, I had an administrator who was a senior level administrator in the student affairs division who saw that spark in me, saw the, the opportunity or potential for me to grow in the field. And she pointed me in so many directions mm-hmm. and set me up with so many great things. I think about uh, not even just people like outside of like in the professional space. I think about my family. My parents have been instrumental and me just getting to where I'm at and I think about all of those combinations of people I have mentors mm. uh, that have literally sat with me and talked with me and did not necessarily gave me the answers that I needed but they were just there to kind of listen to me and I would just talk and just try to as I'm working through life and trying to figure it out I had those people trying to to get me to where I wanted to be with all those things that I was saying to them they were trying mm-hmm. to help me to articulate that to materialize that and just to go forward and then I think the last piece of it is is that at the end of the day you have those that board of directors those village people in your village or your tribe but it's necessary that you know and listen to yourself mm. <laughs> uh, it's that that's the key that even me as a 30 year old man and now working on my PhD I'm still working through that trying mm. to figure out how to listen to me because I have the answers that I need so that's that's how I got through it I, I love that you touched a little bit on the listening to yourself um, which mm-hmm. triggers me to think about being authentic mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on being your authentic self as a first gen, as a black male, as a PhD student? What has that been like for you? Like, at what point did you say, this is the most authentic me? Did you have a moment, an awakening that was, mm-hmm. oh, here wow. I am? What was that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think personally for me, that happened when I was working at Cornell. I left home. So I had moved from Georgia to Ithaca, New York, and it was just me. I didn't have family. I have family in New York still, but they were like hours away. So it was like, I didn't know anybody in this town. <laughs> it's like a small college town. I'm there. And I literally had to sit with my life, mm. figure things out. Mm. I had to figure it out. It was not easy. It was uncomfortable. It was messy at times, but it was a beautiful process. And what I will say, the major thing for me is that when I got clear about who I am, so I hold certain identities and those identities are black, gay, um, spiritual, I had to like just own that stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
to just be in that space to really just get a sense of who I am and to love all that I am. And I'm still learning to do all of that, right? But that was the most, when I got clear about me as a person personally, that's when I started stepping into my purpose within the field of higher education. Because now my research kind of mirrors my personal identities. <laughs> uh, I study the intersections of race, gender, sexuality, and all the social identities that come along with being human, right? Mm. Uh, so all of that has fueled my desire and my intention and why I do what I do within this field because I have a clear sense of who I am and I'm, I'm passionate about that. And I want mm. to... I, I say often that my purpose with reason why I want to do research for the rest of my life is because I want to empower and emancipate people. I want people and their stories to be told through research and to be seen, to be heard, to be validated in ways that I didn't have that as I was mm. growing up. Mm. Oh, that's powerful. I took a lot from that. Let me tell you something that's really sticking out to me right now. It's the idea yeah. of when you became clear about who you were how your purpose became clear. My yes. gosh. And I yes. say that because yes. sometimes we spend so much time focusing on what is my purpose that we don't realize yep. that our purpose is embedded in us already. We just have to recognize it. And oftentimes that's through self-awareness. That is a powerful message. Yes. Um, a very powerful yeah. message. And it makes me think back to when I started to own my own purpose, right? And the fact that yep. being an entrepreneur was a route that I needed to go is when I realized that freedom is something I really, really valued. I never really articulated yeah. it, but it's something I always mm -hmm. felt. And the minute I said, you know what? I need to be free, you know, free as in being able to control my time and my space and the opportunities that I have, yeah. you know, however it goes. And so, man, so it's like, even you saying, it's like, oh yeah, because it's not always about the job. It's not always about yeah. the money. It's not always about the, hey, this is perfect for me. It's waking up yourself to be able to be awoken yep. or to be, uh, I made that word up, but <laughs> to be clear <laughs> about what it is because yeah. we even said that your purpose is serving those who are similar to yourself through research, right? And empowering them. Yes. That's, that's beautiful because it's the aspect of being able to reach back and help somebody else. That's what life is about. Yeah. So yeah, not enough yeah. on a tangent. This is your interview, but that just really tickled my spirit like ooh say something man I love that and you know what and I, I want to be I also want to be clear too is that I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about being purposeful or living in your purpose and things like that nature that it has to be like this like the, that there's this like this clear kind of pathway to that and there's not it's mm. messy. It's like, mm. I tell people all the time, like, cause now I'm just a nerd and I talk about research all the time. It's okay. I, but <laughs> I tell people all the time that it's like when you're in that data collection process, that mm. data collection process you think is, is a clear cut like road to collecting data. Like, oh, I'm going to interview X amount of people, get this data, be able to analyze it, and then I'll be able to tell the story. And then when you start analyzing it or collecting it, sometimes you have bumps in the road. And so, for instance, for me, getting those jobs and, and working in uh, some of those spaces was, was difficult for me. And I will often say, like, like, why, what is this? Like, why is it, why haven't I felt fulfilled in this, in this thing yet? And it was because I still needed to get those experiences so that I could literally figure it out on my own. Mm. And so I want to disabuse people of the notion that purpose work or being purposeful 
is is this clear and beautiful experience and you're just going to come to these aha moments and it's just going to be great all the time it's not it's messy and you have to be willing to just be open to the the uncomfortableness that comes with this process because it's uncomfortable i'm in an uncomfortable place right now if i'm being honest you know i'm in iowa a black man <laughs> uh you know all by myself here and I have family here, but it's been a beautiful experience because things have been unfolding for me in ways that I feel like had I stayed in a place like Atlanta where everything was comfortable for me, I would have not gotten the experiences that I get that I'm getting now. Mm. I just had a thought because um, you talked about being uncomfortable in Cornell or at Cornell and you talked about being uncomfortable now. Can you say mm-hmm. that in spite of being uncomfortable that you can still live your best life? Oh, absolutely. Because really? you know what it is? Oh, yeah. Eve, I have found out, especially living here in, in Iowa, my first year I worked here at Iowa State and I took a pay cut coming here. Mm. And when I took that pay cut, I took it with the intention, get here and grind so that you could get to this point where you're working on your PhD. I was expecting this to come maybe two years down the line, but God works in mysterious ways. Mm. Funding came and I jumped on it. <laughs> uh, that's a note for anybody. Don't ever turn down funding. <laughs> if you get funding for it, <laughs> you take it. <laughs> so um, essentially, I had learned throughout that first year here in Iowa what is so key and what will carry me through the rest of my life. And I'm so glad I'm having this conversation today because it's encouraging me as I'm saying this, is that the experience of living life and going through those struggles, they teach you something right but they also give you information about how you respond and react to things and i have learned that i have to do better with responding in ways that will affirm me will challenge me and will push me forward Mm. and so every day I might not have, like right now, I'm making less than what I was making when I first got here, right? I might have everything that everybody so listens to, the graduate <laughs> uh, is a, whew, That's a true testament of how much you're going to trust God. Amen. <laughs> but, but you make it. and I. But that's the thing, like my attitude about it, right? My thought process, every day I get to choose how that looks for me and how I feel in that moment and how I want to shape that and so I've learned that living my best life doesn't necessarily mean that I got all of the the I's dotted and all of my T's crossed it means that I'm enjoying the process that I'm living in the moment that I'm being present enough to instill enough to know that all that I'm experiencing while it might suck at that moment it is preparing me for something greater and I get a chance to reconcile that and to be able to shape that in a way that benefits me and that I'm not sitting here just depressed and I will not just you know lie to you there's days where I don't want to get out of the bed or I feel down about that and that's okay because I own my emotions and I own my feelings but the thing is is that I can't stay there. Mm, absolutely 
and you talk a lot about being in places where you're growing and, and getting through some kind of adversity. Can you mm-hmm. tell us if there's ever been a time of just absolute chaos in your life, like a, an adverse situation that just had you mm-hmm. stunned? And if so, if you'd like to share, how did you overcome that? Wow. Um, so I will share, let's see, I have so many. <laughs> uh, but I will share. <laughs> you gotta laugh sometimes, you gotta laugh. Life is funny, you gotta laugh. You do, you, yes, you do have to laugh at life. Uh, so, okay, I'll share this one. 2016, well, I would say 2015 towards the end. So. December 2015, you know, and then going into the year of 2016, that was a rough transition for me. I was working, went back home to Atlanta, decided to leave part ways with the institution that I was working with at the time. So that meant no income. That meant me moving back home with my family. That meant me trying to figure out life all over again. And I remember the day that I left and I came home and spoke with my my dad. And he asked me, he said, well, if you were to do anything today, like, what would that be? And I was like, hands down, I would love to be back in in school again, working on a PhD. Like, that's all I want to do. I love research. I want to, that's what I want to do. And I remember just that feeling of feeling like that feeling fulfilled just with me even saying that Mm. and I never let go of it so throughout that period when I was job searching again I knew that I had to be strategic about it because I just didn't have the 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 resources at the time to pursue you know taking on doing the GRE and all those other things Uh, I had missed deadlines so I couldn't do it in that moment uh, apply and so but I also knew in the back of my mind, it's just, it's just weird how I, I, I can't explain it, but I knew in the back of my mind, I was supposed to, I know that I'm supposed to be here at Iowa State. Like, knew that even before me going to work for uh, Morehouse. And so I, I literally just randomly one day just decided to pop online and see if I was they had any jobs and they did and I applied and I didn't think they were call me but they did and it worked <laughs> out um, and I say that to say all throughout that for me what was most key for me was number one the support of my family but then the, my spirituality that was what got me through that rough period of time mm. and. I just rely so heavily on my spirituality because it got me through some of those days where I would get up and be sad about the fact that I wasn't working. <laughs> uh, because I know as a man, that's what we're taught. That's how we're socialized to to, to grow up in life. And, you know, you're, you're, you're to be the provider, the worker, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you have this professional identity. And so you have to uphold that. And if you're not doing that, then you're not operating in your full manhood. That's, I don't believe it now, but it was a, it was a struggle for me you know, and all those things. And I relied heavily on my spirituality to get me through. And that's how I got through it. I was, I was praying. I was listening to music and not just gospel music. It was record, regular secular songs that was just pushing me through. And I just kept remaining positive about the situation and owning again, that there were some ugly things about that experience that I did not, that I, that I need to take ownership of. So it couldn't just be all the good mushy stuff, right? It had mm-hmm. to be me just sitting back and being self-aware enough to know, now Jay, you didn't listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew that this is what you wanted to do. You knew you wanted to be in a PhD program. Why did you take this job? Why didn't you wait? You know, and I asked those whys, but then I had to ch- change that to what? What can you learn from this? What did that teach you? And that's those are the lessons that I started to draw from myself. Mm. 
Smith Knight. I'm interested in knowing what's next for you. Wow, what's next for me? I will, this PhD. <laughs> <laughs> this PhD is going to be uh, a, a grind. I still have a couple years ahead of me, but I'm excited about the work. I hope to be uh, working on a pilot study coming next spring. So I am going to just be dedicating so much more time to reading, to to writing, because what I'm trying to do, if I can say a little bit about what I'm researching, I'm looking at the racial and sexual identity development of Black, gay, and bisexual men at HBCUs. So I am just going to be writing and trying to figure out how I can um, get more knowledge and trying to just be more versed in the in the work that I'm hoping to do. So that is that is something that I'm have on my way to radar. Outside okay. of that, I definitely I didn't talk too much about it, but I uh, have a podcast, The Spiritual Hipster, that basically brings folks from all walks of life, all uh, spiritual kind of pathways together to have a conversation and. And hopefully encourage those listening to draw pieces of that to incorporate it in their spiritual spiritual lives and the spirituality on their terms. So I, I plan to continue to grow that platform and to interview new guests. I have some guests coming on soon, soon, soon. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. So those episodes will come forth very soon. And then my other podcast, Breaking Boundaries, that is a podcast that I have my co-host X. Shout out to him. Okay. He is a and Dr. Eve, you brought us together because like I met him when he came down to, uh, to what was that trip? Oh, New Orleans. See, I didn't think you were gonna bring that up, but since you did, <laughs> too far. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> too far was real. Okay. Yeah, that was, so, awesome. yeah. that was amazing. Though. I'm glad y'all met. That was an amazing trip. It really was. <laughs> oh gosh, and we've been like best friends. Like that is my brother, like from another. Um, so we have a podcast and basically what we do on that podcast is we share our views. We're two black men. We're unapologetic about where we come from, where we sit in life. And we just bring forth these barriers that are placed in front of us by society. And we just break those things down. So like we've talked about male body image. We've talked about mental health in the black community. We've talked about the term black excellence and what does that mean and who does it exclude? And I mean, we just, we guilt, we go there. We have these uh, amazing conversations conversations about just life and we hope that we can bring forth some type of conversations amongst people in their groups because these are conversations that we typically would have if we were texting or like talking on the phone or when I lived in Atlanta I would go over to his house and drink champagne and that's how we (laughs) have these conversations Um, (laughs) okay yes you know we're black and bougie (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's next I want to continue to grow that podcast and to, to get that out there and to hopefully be able to just reach more people with it because I think it's great content. People have messaged us and told us how much the commentary on there has helped them in their own personal life. So I'm just hoping to continue to grow that too as well. Nice, nice, nice. So as we're wrapping up, the thing I want to know from you now is, is there a thing that you want to share, something special, a thought, the Mm -hmm. the thing that you want listeners to walk away with? What is that? What do you want folks to chew on? You know, I've been sitting with this and I think I'm going to say it on here because whenever I don't follow my own advice, I'm going to play this back. (laughs) Okay. But (laughs) there's two things. There's something that I picked up from one of the guests that came onto the Spiritual Hipster podcast and she, Kajal Pandey, that's the episode. She was a, she's a writer and life coach. I would encourage you all to listen to that episode because that thing just 
rocked my world. I remember just sitting back and like after the episode, and was like, okay, I need a minute. <laughs> um, but we often talk about ourselves and we often say to ourselves that we need to find this higher version of ourselves, our higher self, you know, that whole concept. And Kajo basically shattered my whole perspective on that. And she said in her interview with me, she said that we are already at our highest self. We just have to come in alignment with it. Mm. So therefore, it's not this thing that we have to achieve. It's this thing that we just have to find and come into an alignment with. And that has literally shaped how I started to view myself. And as I'm sitting here viewing myself in certain things, one of the things that I want to get better at, at in the coming years, um, and those as I work over the next couple of months or so on this, is that I want to be sure about listening to myself more. <laughs> I want to be sure about trusting myself enough to know that I have all the things that I need in order to succeed. Yes. And... I, I think that as first-gen folks, as slap on the, the racial identity, slap on the other identities that we may hold, sometimes we're, we're told to doubt ourselves so much that we don't realize that we're literally perpetuating those doubts because of what society puts on us. And I have done that for years, and it's time out for that. It's time out for doubting myself is time out for seeking the validation of others or the validation i don't need an award i don't need to be placed in this in this like esteem category mm-hmm. i want to do what i do so well because i know that i can do this well and i want to be confident in that by myself and yes it'd be great of others and i want others around me to appreciate what i do but as long as i'm good and i know that i can listen to myself well enough to know that i'm doing the right thing <laughs> then that's all that matters so i just want to challenge people to just continue to think of yourself as you're going through life as this process of me finding my or just coming into my alignment at some point I'm going to come into my alignment. I'm going to reach that high. I'm going to get to my higher self. I'm going to just be there. (laughs) And then when I get there and as I'm going, getting there, I'm just trusting myself each and every day so that I can show up and be the best person that I can be. Absolutely. Gosh, I love that. We already are higher selves. We just have to align ourselves. Mm. That's the word. And it's it's funny because even so, I talk a lot about my own presentations and even in my book, um, the idea of being who you are, being purely dope is, you know, embracing your authenticity and owning what that is. And I've heard you say Mm -hmm. several times throughout the show how you have to own your feelings, how you're owning your situations like that's really big because when you start to own things, you you fall in line Mm -hmm. like you, as Beyonce said, get in formation. So, (laughs) you know, that's just, that's amazing. No, I was just thinking because I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how we go through like the process of schooling, right? Mm. And uh, you think about like, for me right now, I'm sitting in this qualitative course where I'm learning about qualitative methods. And it's basically the day that I found out what paradigm that I, or that I kind of just aligned with was like, like this is what you do I'm a critical race theorist as well as feminist there like like, this is what you do so you're literally coming into an alignment it's just like I just had I didn't have the information at the time to say that this is who I am Mm. Uh, I was just doing it and not realizing that that's who I am and so 
essentially that process if you can just simplify even if even more just saying like there's certain things that we come into when we get into our lives that we just learn at certain points and that's when you come into an alignment with yourself hmm. and so there's moments where you just continuously keep coming into an alignment with yourself and you realize who you are and own it absolutely so how can we find you on the web yeah so i am on the web you can find me on instagram i have a couple of instagram accounts um so the first one is breaking boundaries podcast so that is at breaking boundaries podcast and that's for the podcast that i share with my bestie ex uh, and then the other podcast the spiritual hipster is the at name for that for that page follow us on there we tend to post all the time when new episodes are uploaded and things of that nature as well as uh for me my personal um page is ray of steven and that is r-a-y-s-t-e-b-e-n that is my alter ego <laughs> that i just have not let go of <laughs> um so if you want to you can follow me on there as well i welcome having conversations about things anything that you might have heard that you know um, that stuck out to you you want to get information on definitely feel free to reach out to me one of the things that i know in the future and i don't have time for it now but after i finish this doctorate degree is that i noticed that there's a lot of people of color who want degrees in these fields uh phds for that fact and they just don't have the the, the knowledge or the information out there and i want to start an organization to help people get to these levels so that they understand that you're not supposed to be paying for the phd out here or you know there's different things that you can do to network with faculty and things of that nature so that's something that i hope to do in the future so if any of you are um, interested in maybe sharing your experiences or your skills definitely feel free to reach out to me too as well because i definitely want to do something like that in the future absolutely well thank that's you it. so 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 much Darrell, for coming on the show wishing you well and everything that's ahead i think that you are definitely on the right path you sound like you have really found your groove and even in the midst of adversity that you're just going to keep grooving. So hats off to you, man. Hats off. Yeah. Yes. Thank Until you so much, time. Dr. E, for having oh, you're me. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. All right. Till the next time. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Before you go, just a few things to note. First and foremost, let's get connected on Instagram and or LinkedIn. You can find me at E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D on both social networks don't forget to head on over to check out my site at www.evehudsonphd.com and if you should decide to purchase a book or apparel just for listening to this podcast you get 10% off of your order just use the code podcast when you check out last but certainly not the least in all that you do remember to be resilient authentic and intentional i'm out